I'm ready to take the next step. I'm ready for a university that will help me advance in my education and career. A university that will make me feel supported and connected. I'm ready for ODU Online. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. Hello and welcome to Juvenalia. I'm Alan McGuire. With me today is Sarah Marie Griffin. Hi, hi Alan. Hello, how are you? Very well. Good. Our guest today is contributing editor at the pool and a writer whose first book is coming out soon. <laughs> Spring 2018. Yeah, it's yeah. our friend Caroline O'Donoghue. Welcome, Caroline. Welcome to the show. So <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. This is a very big moment for my year. Uh, I can't tell you how pumped I was to meet you. I was just like, I love when the internet comes to life. <laughs> oh. This is gonna be my X Factor roundup kind of thing when they do the like my big big like like dominant moments of my life. But that's how you were on juvenile, you're like, oh fireworks. We'll put some chasing cars underneath this, yeah. Excellent. Uh, so what do you want to talk to us about? Well, I broadly, I'd like to speak to you about um, my obsession with 90s sitcoms. Um, although 90s is probably broad, probably 90s, early noughties. It's kind yeah. of hard to know where one begins and the other ends stylistically. But they were something um, I I loved consistently as a kid, as a teenager, and watched in my early 20s and and just have always kind of loved. No, no, none like deeply, but just kind of broadly as a genre. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was the same. Like I just... If it was an American comedy, I was probably watching it. Yeah. And not really, I don't remember, necessarily remember much about any of them, but I watched all of them. It's like you've absorbed the oeuvre in a yeah. way. And because there was so much crossover and so many like of these brilliant like um, character actors that just seem to wander in one set and onto another, mm. that they just all kind of existed in their own universe, you know? Yeah. It's like the Marvel continued universe, you know? It's like it they is. all live, or like Stephen King, like they all live in the same world. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch American TV. Why not? Really? Uh, no, God, I'm idiot. Should we have this chat with The Simpsons? That's oh, why yeah, I don't yeah. like Simpsons. Oh, yeah. Because I was. Oh, I thought it was specifically Simpsons. When we no, about no, that. like, I mean, okay. well, Simpsons is kind of a pinpoint because it, mm. it makes me feel stupid because I don't get what's going on because I didn't watch a lot of other American TV. Yeah. Do you mm. know? Uh, but I was allowed to watch one American sitcom, which was Frasier. So that was, <gasps> was the it one. Because it was highbrow? I think so. I genuinely think that my mom and dad, well, it is smart, but my mom and dad yeah. recognized that it was smart and were like, yeah, mm. I wasn't allowed to watch Friends. I'm aware of Friends. I have a weird, a weird, like, osmosis. Friends understanding. I've watched it since, but when mm. I was the age in which everyone had friends pencil cases, for example, I was not permitted to watch it. Like it was like not a thing. So uh yeah. Yeah. Frasier <laughs> was the one that was the one that broke through. So well, it's I, I through that Frasier lens. Is is um both a superior example of the genre, but also very much apart from it at the same time. Like mm. even the way yeah. it looks is different. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's representative of that kind of style of sitcom. Well, I went back really? and watched. I went back and watched Cheers, and I know Cheers is the predecessor to mm-hmm. Frasier, and I kind of had to stop eventually because I was like, "This is super dark. This is really dark." Yeah, <laughs> I, Sam I, I and Diane. Mm-mm, mm-mm, no, bad touch. No, no, no. Stranger danger. Don't want that. It's not. <laughs> this is not romantic. This is very stressful for everybody. Uh, it's a. It's a. It's a journey. It's. It's of its time. Let's and, say that. and I think that is the thing with sitcoms, and possibly why. Um, when you go back and it can be very uncomfortable to look at them like even from a casting point of view like what I love about sitcoms is that everybody and Tina Fey makes a great point of this in Bossy Pants where she says like um, the whole thing of like putting attractive young people in your sitcoms 
is new and is also like Friends is the exception that proved the rule, but it's not the rule. People like seeing weird faces in sitcoms. Like mm. Frasier, for example, everyone's got a weird face. Yeah. Cheers, everyone looks like a fucking melting candle. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's it's actually melting candle, but like, but, but yeah, a melting candle. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it can be a real problem when you look back and you're like, oh, you know, where are all the non-white people? Like, mm. and, and it can be um, remarkably homophobic. Remarkably friends. homophobic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it, the thing about sitcoms is that you, even though some of them date brilliantly, and Frasier is one of them, um, they can also be so reflective of of attitudes at the time because they had to because they were weekly comedies reflecting on mm. they were how weekly. everyone yeah they were weekly like they were recorded in a studio weekly week. like what is that like, and then we got them like a year and a half later yeah. and then we got them forever on loop at nighttime on yeah. RT yeah that was it or TV3 we, they were always muted in the background somewhere Always like and 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 um, I always think as well that maybe perhaps like why the traditional sitcom has become so unfashionable now and it is deeply unfashionable. Mm. Um, it always has to be like a like a dark take on a sitcom. It can't just be a sitcom. Like when's the last time you ever heard a laugh American Horror Story, Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's because like um, if you're not going to involve technology in your comedy now, it's just, it's weird because like oh obviously they would text or obviously they would call or get uh, but um right. then by including the technology you automatically date what you're doing. You know yeah. Um, and I'm sure I mean you write dystopian stuff set in a different kind of world, but like. I had this problem when I was writing my novel because the sh- I, it was important to me that she had an, this character had an online presence that meant something to her. But I was like, how do I not how date you, this? You know, like, and and I think references do date things, and why things like Fraser stand alone is because they are void of. Fraser did that deliberately. Really, they they didn't mention any brands ever or current events on purpose. That's amazing. Yeah, really. and I, I imagine quite a few of them did that. The yeah, fr- yeah. well, friends, mm, friends had celebs friends. and stuff. That's true. Yeah, Frasier didn't. Frasier was completely this It was all capsule. about like timeless good taste because it was so yeah. about taste, that show. and Obsessively about, yeah. about yeah. taste. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they were like, they were always like referencing like Puccini operas and stuff. It was mm. always like very timeless sort of references rather than like, oh, what's happening with the, the White House? Al Gore, yeah. <laughs> yeah Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the Friends thing is really interesting because like the behavior in Friends dates Friends but not the trappings of the story or the way they talk. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So the homophobia and whiteness and weird shit is what dates it. Yeah. But not... the jokes are still essentially funny and yeah. they still work as jokes. And which I think it's why what's quite weird. So, so um, the generation below us are so into friends. You know, the kind of mm. 18, 19, 20 year olds are all obsessed with it. Like I've got some friends in London who work for Comedy Central and they're like, we just stick on friends because it's so hard to get any cut through on new stuff. Everyone just wants friends marathons all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's just so depressing. Do you know what it's I mean? It's a time yeah. It is. It yeah. absolutely is. Yeah. Um, like simpler time vibes. But, but we didn't feel not. the same way about 80s sitcoms. Really. Oh, no. I couldn't even name you in 80s sitcoms. Yeah. Weren't 80s sitcoms all about people who were grown ups? Weren't they about families? Yeah, people like, drank in bars. Well, Facts of Life, I suppose. That's yeah. one. I used to watch that a lot, but I don't I remember nothing about it. I wouldn't be it hankering there, to watch a load yeah. of it, you yeah. know? Yeah. I think the weird thing of, I mean, I definitely felt this way. Um, I think I got so obsessed with them because I really like I did not get along with school at all as a kid um, and I, I just it's kind of that sort of like that spazzy nerdiness where you're not even clever do you know what I mean? <laughs> the, the kind of the lowest echelons of being a bit of a nerd where you're just a bit spazzy coordination wise and you can't really learn things well <laughs> and you're just like oh where do I where do I fit in so I used to um, pull sickies all the time Girl and- who you talking to like this is meet your cousin like yeah yeah and luckily, like my mom was one of these moms who's just like, ah, you're a good company, so you can stay home. And <laughs> yes, like, moms, <laughs> yes, moms. 
my mom was so like that. She was like, oh, sure, stay home and chat to me. So like, um, and uh, I used to just watch these sitcoms all the time. And I just always felt that like, oh, it's okay because when I'm a grown up, I'll have this cool life like all these characters have. And yeah. it's like, mm. it's that sort of aspirational thing of like, oh, cool people in the city being being older and buying things. And having radio shows. And having yeah. radio shows. <laughs> God, you guys, the dream is alive. Like, Real talk, <laughs> not even joking. Like, genuinely, that was it. It was like, the, that that radio fantasy was real. Like, it was very, yeah. that was the thing for me with Frasier. Was that the, the dream job. that, like, Frasier, like, his work day, you'd go in in the morning, you'd be there for, like, two hours. Say something shitty to Bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> say something mean to Ross. <laughs> then say something shitty to all of Seattle over the air. <laughs> then go home and drink cherry. Yeah. With your brother. Say something shitty to him. <laughs> Going around talking shit to people all the live long oh, day God, such an in Cafe Nervosa. Oh, Cafe Nervosa, book Central Park. Cafe Nervosa, come yeah. on! Everyone in Seattle went to Cafe Nervosa. It was it really felt like some like it felt like a genuine location, didn't it? Yeah. There was something the little mezzanine at the back where they went to have yes. really specific conversations, and sometimes they'd sit in the window when they were when they like when Daphne and Martin yes, were with them. Friends where they had their sofa. Where they just walked yeah. in and owned the place. Yeah. yeah. Compl- and it was all like, yeah, basically your eye had to go to the friend all the time kind yeah. of thing. Where it's like, yeah, they, there was things happening around. There were four places they stood. Yeah. If you look at the set, okay, so the, the extent of my Frasier bullshit is going to come out right about now. I also <laughs> do not know how it ends. I have never seen oh, the last three or four beautiful. episodes. I d- it's very satisfying. I didn't watch it because I don't want it to end. Right. Fine. So mm-hmm. I like that a lot of big TV shows like mm-hmm. Red Dwarf that I love and things like that. I don't know how it ends. I don't know how it ends. I'm mm-hmm. done. I'm okay for it. But I do have a weird amount of Frasier, like, not trivia, but, like, I have looked at it a lot. Yeah. There are fucking five, five places they stand in Cafe Nervosa. So there's the window seat, the one in the mezzanine, mm. the one that they have really serious conversations with near the coffee bar, in yes. the line. Yes. Mm. And in the door. That's where the action takes place. They, that whole coffee shop felt so real because they moved through it like normal people yeah. would. because yeah. it was busy some days and it was quiet some days. And, like, mm. whereas, like, with, with, with Cafe Central Park or whatever Central Perk sorry Perk, yeah. um, it was always it was it felt so flat and stationary and it felt like a set whereas Cafe Nervosa felt like a place you could go and I read somewhere as well that they um, the reason they said they said it in Seattle for several different reasons um, one of which was to get him as far away from his Boston as they could so they wouldn't be a slave to Cheers which yes. I find wonderful yes. which I believe was the same thinking behind Joey but, oh. <laughs> but let's not think about that and also they said like oh um, where would Frasier go um, and they're like, okay, the, the sort of coffee scene in Seattle was sort of very big at the time and there was a kind of an alternative culture sort of thing happening. And they're like, oh, of course, we'll put them in Seattle. Um, mm. And it's kind of the greyness of Seattle, I think. Yeah. Mirrors, the, mirrors the humour that it's they It's a totally different yeah. colour palette yeah. to every other sitcom, I think. It, it, Frasier. It's like the, yeah. the browns and greens. It's like a little bit mm. more 70s, you yeah. know. It's it a little more 70s. Also, there's no stools in Café Nervosa. They did that on purpose to separate it from the bar stools and cheers. Oh my god, that's amazing! Yeah. That's like they unreal. they really went out of their way. I think Kelsey Grammer especially wanted. He didn't even want to do a spin off originally. No, it was Did supposed to be about. Oh well, you, 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 you have the answer to this. You, you can tell it though. It was, he was originally supposed to be like a paraplegic doctor living with a streetwise like Latina maid. Yeah, that was the idea. No, yeah. <laughs> I know, and that, exactly. Kelsey yeah. Grammer was like, no, 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 thank you. Oh god, that's um, but then what happened? I believe was that they they, they were going to they said they would take the um the Fraser Crane character out of uh, Cheers um, and, the, and the one of the writers had recently had his dad move in with him who had <gasps> suffered a stroke or something right. and he was dealing with that on a personal level and he and so that was going on and this I find this incredibly a, a very very clever detail they found they realised that in an episode of Cheers 
Frazier had said like, oh, my father was a biochemist who died. And then later in Frazier, they said like, well, of course I said that because of how we felt about each other kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so well written. It's so yeah. good. And there, oh, there's this other like, it's much later in the year and people give out about Frazier, about how after Niles and Daphne get together, how baggy it becomes. But there are still wonderful moments. And there's this moment, moment where um Jane Jane leaves. Uh, she became pregnant, but they didn't want to give her a pregnancy story. Oh, line. the fat arc is so real, man. It's the Daphne so gets fat arc is so weird. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So for anyone who doesn't remember, um, she yeah she, uh, Jane Leaves gets pregnant but she decides like, she's put on an enormous amount of weight which is always and a is very... carrying large shopping bags in front of her body yeah. <laughs> as we all do <laughs> but it's always like it's such a cruel thing to do to an actress with, like oh she's just fat now kind of thing but they're but... like are literally laughing at her in it yeah. in the, they, they are awful to her during it but isn't the reason in the plot that she puts on the weight is because she's too comfortable with Niles she's freaked out by him isn't that the I, th- I think what it, what it was it was like um Niles had her on a pedestal for so this long and she yeah. couldn't deal with be, becoming a human to Niles. The pressure. So to push him away from her, the pressure we got that she just ate and ate and ate. And that just feels like such an interesting character decision that you never see. Like, you just never see the interior mental lives of yeah. women that way. Particularly, I mean... Particularly yes, Daphne. Daphne yeah. was kind of the zanier character. And, and it's interesting how she was introduced as being like, oh, she's the zany psychic from Manchester. Yeah, she's the maid. <laughs> she's the zany maid. She's yeah. the zany foreign maid. She's also a physiotherapist. Like, who gets a, z- a maid who's mm, also a physio? Like. Lucky, well, these extremely wealthy psychiatrists, apparently. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but the that arc about Niles, also I think that dates it. Like, all of all of Niles and Daphne dates it. I mean, like, like talk for 18,000 years about Niles and Daphne and like that yeah. being like like a mother duck and a baby duck it imprinted upon me um, the he didn't the, the, that arc culminates in them finally sleeping together and I think that dates it as well that there is this huge conservatism about sex in that way in the show like mm. Frasier kind of is Frasier. doing the bone dance all day yeah. <laughs> all night and all day so he's had sex with every actress from the 90s like from yeah. like uh, what's her face from Desperate Housewives Terry Hatcher pop- yeah Terry Hatcher was his yeah. love interest and like Isabella Rossellini popped up yeah yeah loads yeah. of people there was like a very like, long line of women but Niles was always treated as this sort of again this could be could be <gasps> queer subtext <laughs> ding <laughs> ding take a shot <laughs> like like the way that Niles interacts with Daphne is the way that you see gay men interacting with Dolly Parton do you know what I mean oh it's my like, god it it's is that sort yeah. of, it's I, like phenomenological nearly yeah yeah, yeah. and um, I've Watching how the man interacted, it reminds me of a RuPaul interview I once listened to, like once where he he's talking to Mark Maron and Mark Maron's doing his like old guy in his fifties, like what is it about you gays? Kind of thing. <laughs> and um, he says he basically says I don't the one thing I don't understand about queer culture is how come and it's a very fair question if you're not from that community, um, how come you 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 pick these um, certain women to sort of like put on pedestals and you just love them and and Jesus. RuPaul like thought about it and he said like it's about vulnerability. He says, you look at Judy Garland and she's like four foot nothing and she's been kicked around by life and by men and by studios, by institutions, but she still opens her mouth and that voice comes out. And I feel like that's when you get Daphne and Niles, you get this woman who's like a maid and a psychic and she's just sort From of... From a working class background in Manchester, yeah. dealing with all these insanely rich people all the time and obviously freaked out by them, but just kind of going, well... And well, that's yeah. it. And he and he just and and that she comes in with this sort of the story and this vulnerability and the, I think Jane Leaves does such an incredible job in that role. What oh, could be wonderful. a very Uncle Tom role for, yeah, for a Manchester yeah. woman? She adds such depth. Oh, to she's it. yeah, and she's yeah, she's she's an American. Jane Leaves. I think she was born in London. Was yeah, she? yeah, yeah she was. Was. So she's yeah, a Gillian yeah. Anderson type. You know. Ah, uh, <laughs> where is she from? Who cares? <laughs> you're great. You're she's great. Good. Yeah, you're good know. at everything. 
but yeah, that and it's interesting to have not have there is another there is another universe version of that show which is about Daphne and from her perspective because she's a working class status quo in an extremely wealthy world. So yeah. her perspective would have been fascinating if we had seen a bit more of it. But she is a sexy alien. She is a bit of a sexy alien. That's very true. There's a very good um, interaction because her her relationship with with Marty is very interesting because yeah. he's a blue collar cop who and he she's the only person he can talk to in that house. Yeah, dog like <laughs> oh, and they Eddie. have this lovely relationship. But even though um, there's a scene where um, she's like, oh, you know, I, I I worked here for ten years and every 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 few months I would throw out your oldest pair of underwear and buy a new pair. And he was like, oh, I just thought I I had good underwear. Yeah. <laughs> like, like she is so alone in that show. She is. Where are they? There are briefly gal pals. Her and Ross get on. They do. Yeah. But there are there is Daphne specific gal pals in the early seasons who show yes. up and she's like gonna have a gal's night in, and then they're then they're plotted out. But and Roz, I mean Jesus, I mean Roz is unreal. Like, like talk about an early icon. Like you know, like single mother radio producer who's like always seems to be getting pretty like raises and promotions. Who's killing it? And again, doing the bonance more than Fraser and like loving her life. She loves like it. she's getting her life. It's amazing. Her, her relationship with Niles, I just love. Oh my god, she talk about treating someone like an alien. She's just like moderately disgusted by him. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Just there's like this real. Uh, like catty tension between them that's like like fun it's 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 just what I just I think Niles is the centre of that show in a in a very big way kind of thing like uh, Frasier as much as I love him he kind of has two modes he has the like I'm being Shakespearean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Macbeth and he has like oh I'm, an, I'm a normal person who thinks normal things <laughs> like, that's his two modes but like Niles like, like he's always like shifting from one thing to another and it's such a quiet performance but it's just like little lines the physical humour is excellent yeah mm. the physical humour is so good Like I could just watch his face dance all day and the one there's that- one episode where he's it's like three vignettes and Niles' one is completely silent. That's just him trying to earn a pair of pants. Oh my God. And he keeps it's, when he's living, it's when he's living oh in the Shangri-La. Yeah. Yes, I yeah. know yeah. the very one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Encyclopedic, Alan. Yeah. Encyclopedic knowledge. <laughs> I forgot about the Shangri-La yeah. episodes. He's an, am- he's an amazing physical humorist. And I think I, I listened extensively because again, I'm, every so often I'm like, I'm really a fucking nerd to <laughs> Kevin Smith's podcast about Fraser, Toss yes. Salad and Scrambled Eggs. And, I lost um, patience out of that. I was listening so to So did I, because then you find out all the writers are assholes and you're like, I don't really want to listen to you talk because yeah. you're mean. I don't like Kevin Smith. No. <laughs> no Everyone was mean. It was yeah. like, I don't want to yeah. listen to mean dudes talk about stuff. I want to listen to nice gals talk about stuff. <laughs> um, so it, uh, what I did learn from that, though, was uh, stuff about Maris. And the great oh mystery God. of Maris, mm. that they chose never. The, 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 the not showing her became a choice because they had initially, they were going to. Yeah. But then they made her this huge caricature. Yeah. That defies like physics. Defies yeah, physics. Yeah. Like she literally, she, she was, um, he, he tried to go running after her in the snow, but she left no footprints. And the time he gets the dog, the Niles gets the like the greyhound or the Afghan greyhound type dog that looks like yes. a bleeding nightwalker. And uh, <laughs> they put a little tiny pillbox hat on its head and go, hey, Maris. Like because it's a, <laughs> cause it looks like a ghoul. Like she becomes, her invisible presence is an amazing. Mm. Uh, and so many shows have tried oh. to do that since have tried to do the Maris Korean thing and I, do, I never totally buy it you can't do it and interestingly I think, Sybil did this if you remember Sybil yeah, yeah um, uh, Christine Bransky's uh, Marianne she had Dick yeah her ex-husband <laughs> yeah Dick. Dr. Dick yeah <laughs> that's only how I say that word and Just Shoot Me as well who is the um, same presence in Just Shoot Me the what's Nina Van Horn's friend Binny 
never properly seen. She had a best friend who she always talked about her friend Binny. Yes. I know you believe she was real. And again, never seen. She was seen once with bandages on her face after plastic surgery. Oh, that was right. it. So all three of those shows all Maybe it's a 90s trope. Maybe it's like, maybe it's a yeah. universe, a rule of the universe, you know, mm. that like it, there it will be, to be doesn't it? once every second show, there'll be someone who you never see. Yeah. You know? But no one's ever pulled it off quite Not like, quite like even yeah. Can we, like, I don't know if anyone's ever talked about this before, but the naming of characters within Frasier is insane. Like, who who's called Frasier? Who's been called Maris since that character? You can't. Like, you, you could never do it. I love Daphne, actually. Daphne's one of my favourite names. Yeah. But, uh, Daphne Moon. Daphne Moon. Yeah. Come on. What a, what a pleasing yeah. set of syllables. Every, good tweet. Yeah, every, <laughs> you know? It's a good tweet. Yeah, Just yeah, Daphne yeah. Moon. Beautiful. But the... My... I never talk about well, I do a little bit I suppose lately to talk about my novels where I'm vampires about fucking robots and shit the last oh. names of the family in it are Crane yeah. oh yeah so, well, one person I know clocked Crane's it. a wonderful last name for Crane. who they are as people oh it's so proud it's brilliant it's yeah. such a great word like I love it I love it uh, oh, the, the language of Fraser is a whole thing itself but the naming is timeless it is that's what it is mm. it's without time and I, it, it makes you um, so interested in and the great sort of unseen relationship within Frasier, more so than Maris, is with Marty and his wife, which I always think would be a fascinating drama. Like, oh. like the kind of the sort of the, the highly cultured woman who wants to look the best for her sons married to the blue collar cop who's kind of befuddled by them constantly. Like even like the early episodes of Frasier are like theatre. They're like, mm. you're like, it's like that first episode. It's like watching a play. Yeah. Like just this man like trying to get to grips with his father. He's never understood. And now they live together and he's become like... His disability is referred to in strange ways because we almost never see it. It's like he's got a walker, mm. but it seems to take up so much of his life. He is impacted by he is his journey and his wholeness is impacted. Like his identity is impacted by it. And yeah. part of Frazier being an asshole is that he just ignores it. And he'll be like, Oh, and his cane. Like he's he Kane's uses his chair and his dog. Yeah, know? the episode yeah. where, where he switches aren't... out the chair is like I, I didn't really get it when I was young but now I was like oh that's a As if huge thing to do to someone faculties yeah. now that we've had like, like older relatives living with us and stuff you're like that's a massive thing to do and it's so important to let them to let them keep something if they're moving in with you and that especially if something they've lost so much theirs you know yeah yeah it's mad I'm watching like uh, Room to Improve when they build granny flats for people like <sighs> You always like make the granny flat the best part. Yeah, because yeah, this yeah, is their yeah. house. So give them their house. Give yeah. them a nice bit. You know. Yeah. Give I feel like yeah. we just need to rename what they're even called. Like granny yeah. flat just feels yeah. like it's like a home for destitute women or something. Yeah. It's like granny flat. I did. I did hear an in law. An, an in law. A what? An in law. That's what they're called. They call them the states. It's like a little yeah. gaff outside your grafton in law. Hmm. Is that interesting? That's good. Slightly it's better than granny flat. Yeah. Yeah. It is exactly for your in laws. So. It's kind of slightly better than Granny Flat. It also has a nice, yeah. nice sound to it. But well, um, the interesting thing as well about, um, you know, Marty. Marty is shot in the hip, like what, two two years off retirement or whatever, mm. um, before the show starts. And all of these sitcoms, if you think about them, they all seem to happen just after something big has happened. That's when they begin. Like even Just Shoot Me, the whole thing is... Um, it's the delete the first chapter rule, isn't it? It is. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely is. Where, um, So yeah, he he has left sort of Cheers and his, his father is now disabled. In Just Shoot Me, it's all about how um, she's lost her job and her father has married her childhood friend. Yeah. Like which mm. is such a... Icky. A yeah. strange yeah. dynamic for a, for a TV show to start with. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's weird that Anchorman actually ripped that off the way she got fired because she got fired by feeding false stuff into the audience. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, Just Shoot Me, the first six episodes are on Netflix. I know. But, okay. but I know only the first good. six of 149 episodes are there. 
It's like they. That's the thing. These shows ran for so years. long. Mm. Decade. There are seven yeah. seasons of Joe They didn't even have to do yeah. that well for them to just be on always. Mm. Like, and that's yeah. why I sometimes worry about the knowing so much weird shit about Frasier. How did I watch 10 years of that show? Yeah. How did I consume? I have box sets, man. I mm. will yeah. just put it on. It's a lovely sleepy show. Oh my God. So I put it on while you're going to sleep. Like, Dude, mm, vocal tones, man. Like, I feel like I cycle in and out of yeah. uh, Frasier, The X Files, The Fifth Element, and then back. Those are my three sleepy places. And the thing about that is you realise as well, you've heard the Toss Salad and Scramble Legs songs probably five, six hundred times in your life. Yeah. Have you ever? More than any of your other favourite songs. Have you ever <laughs> read the analysis of what it means? Oh, yeah. Yes. It's fabulous. It blew my mind. I only have read it like last year. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. If any of you listeners so haven't read yeah. it, please look it up. We actually probably shouldn't even tell them because they should go look it up because yeah. reading the, the, the writing of the person who wrote that song mm. is, ah, like. Yeah. Mind blown. It's it's so interesting as well with that thing where like they they wanted to write a uh, a theme song that referenced that didn't directly reference Fraser Crane's name, um, psychology as a profession, or anything about the radio. But you're writing a jingle about a radio therapist called Fraser Crane, and because it's almost like because it's a taste thing, because it has to be a tasteful theme song for a tasteful show about snobby people. Mm. Yeah. So it's all about these like metaphors about tossed toss salad and scrambled eggs and like. What it's that, amazing. You know, it's, it's it amazing. Fits, it fits. You know, mm. it's part of that aesthetic. Like, it's, it belongs to itself. You know what I mean? Like if, I can't imagine the pitch where it went very well, but then it just works it, because it's part of the show. Yeah. So that's part of Frasier now. You know, it doesn't, it makes no sense to explain, to, to say it out loud, that it's kind of a weird spoken, scatty jazz thing that Kelsey Grammer sings himself. Yeah, that's, that's weird. That's <laughs> just metaphors for the show. It's like, no, don't do that. Do... <laughs> Life keeps bringing me back to you from Just Shoot Me, you know? Where everybody oh, yeah. knows your name. Yeah. Come on, like do something yeah. ever. The Just Shoot Me one's so weird because it's basically a Sheryl Crow song. That is, yeah, yeah, I never thought about that. That is weird. And Life keeps bringing me back to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is like, they, they don't do it anymore but the Wikipedia page for all those shows, they actually mention the end credits song because they're iconic. Same with Sybil's one about the Oh my right, God, if you, if you know any parts and was it oh, that, uh, won't you tell me how so it ends that, won't you uh, tell nice me. work if you can get yeah, it that's a, yeah. and if you get and that's Sybil singing as well yeah yeah. the really interesting thing about um, the Sybil show is like particularly when you think about now when like Louis C.K. has a show called Louis Mark mm. Maron has a show called Maron like, like this was you know early 90s Sybil Shepherd, you know a very respected actress like she'd done some very big things and like also she'd done the comedy thing had a show called Sybil about mm. a struggling aging actress in LA and yeah. she always talks jokes about it in her memoir about like for me it was like a parallel universe if I'd never got Moonlighting if I'd never met Peter Bogdanovich if I was just all these Is she the Hannah Hogarth of the 90s? She the what? Is she the Hannah Horvath of the nineties? Yeah, she kind is of. the Hannah Horvath of the nineties. You know, is that what that is that what that? But was? in her forties and but in her forties, but, yeah. but, but you know what I mean? Is yeah. it this, is it the, someone living out an alternate version of their lives? Kind of, yeah. Possibly, yeah. Because and there's it, it's there was a very very funny show, but it dealt so much with like just the degrading ro- things that she had to do to make a living as an actress in her forties mm. in that city, kind of thing. And that thing of like you've been at a job long enough for everyone to kind of know what your deal is, but not enough for anyone to respect you at it. Mm. And no, I don't think anyone thinks about how soul crushing that is. And like, there's so many, whenever you see like those character actors that you just kind of see in everything and you're like, I hope they're making a good living and have a nice dog. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Bit of back garden space. Yeah. 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 I hope it's all all right for you. Yeah. 
It's a weird. That's a weird. Yeah, she's kind of one of those people where you look up around the B and there's like one CSI, one Law and Order. Just they've ticked off all the boxes and they're kind of like, yeah. Now where like, do we go? Wendy Malik is a very good example of yes. that. Who was Nina in Just Shoot Me, and she was Martin's girlfriend in Frasier. Which one, Jerry? The the, the one he ended up marrying. Last few series. Oh yeah. 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 Oh. Oh. I mean, like I hope she's just like just doing well. You know? Yeah. Mm. Hope she's got a regular Pilates class and like a. Good set of friends. Yeah. Big glasses of wine. Mortgage yeah. sussed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, feel like maybe Sybil was too famous to do Sybil then. Because like, film people doing TV is a thing now. Yeah. But I was watching an episode of Sybil the other night. And I was like, she looks like Veronica Lake or like a 1940s person. Yeah. In this film. And you can't stop looking at her as like this out of time person. She's like That's too so movie star. They haven't figured out how to, make, to do her down for TV. They're still making her up and doing yeah. her hair like she's in a, doing a film. That's very I true. Think. I hadn't thought of that before. It's she is quite very, weird. very stylized. Yeah, and it's interesting. And similarly with um, with Veronica's Closet. I don't know what your experience of that show was. Oh yeah, at so all, loads of it. Yeah, where it was, it was Kirstie Alley. Um, but they weren't quite sure what to do with Kirstie Alley because she was just the knockout on Cheers. Wasn't was it Cheers? She was in. Yeah, first? She, yeah, and she done look who's talking about it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were like, we don't know what to do with our knockout once she mm. tur- she turns 30. So it was the stylizing of her was like, let's put her in lots of like plush velvet moo-moos. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of like a weird desperation factor. Like she styled her up like be like a like so a much romance hair. novelist. So, so much, much hair. hair. Yeah. Like this. She's like on the <laughs> She's like a pageant like, mom almost. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. The, there is she a, was yeah. Where's the weave? Mom. Can't see it. Yeah. It's not this before HD, can't see the weave. It's, it's all just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. even like the colour scheme of that show was just all I think of was like purple. Like, it was very lush. I didn't watch yeah. too much yeah. of it. Again, it was part of the it was part of the things you're not allowed to watch. But mm. it was mm. uh, well, it was quite sex. There was a lot of sex it was sexy. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, it, like, yeah. It was sexy in that she she owned this lingerie business and she was filled with like surrounded by people who were having sex and talking about it, kind of thing, and mm. and gay people. And, you yeah. Know, like so, I don't know. It's it's very interesting how those shows dealt with gayness. You know. Yeah. In well, a different in a different time, the other yeah. didn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. or they uh, centered it and accentuated it in like in a still in, still in a way that was closeted. Do you know what I mean? There is a yeah. campness, but let's not talk about like it. the restaurant critic in Frasier, exactly, who has a beard. Gil, he has a wife. Yeah, oh, does he have a wife? Yeah, and that's yeah. the joke. And that he talks about yeah. his wife, and everyone's like, "Okay, Gil." Plot twist: the actor who plays Bulldog is gay. The actor who plays Martin was gay. Mm. David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, and there is this running joke. Do you know that David Hyde Pierce and John Mahoney, who plays Martin, um, they're both the godparents to Daphne's kid? Oh, Isn't oh my God, I'm going to cry you've ever heard in your whole life. <laughs> have, you, you, have you heard the, 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 the Kelsey Grammer story? Well, I know he's got a tragic life, but I'm not really that sure of the details. So there's an amazing episode of Frasier where Roz talks about Lupe... What's her last name? Oh yes, the um the the famous starlet who like didn't get didn't wasn't successful and killed herself or something. And she wanted to become like beautiful and immortalized within her death, and it was like this, yes. uh, this this like there, there's a parable anyway that she tells about her, mm-hmm. uh, in to Kelsey Grammer, right? And I feel like this is the weird parable that I tell about horrible lives, like that it's the. His he was thirteen years old and uh, this is borderline like reading the Wikipedia entry off. Mm. But I remember somebody told me this word of mouth and then I went and looked it up and I was like, it's true. Uh, his dad was killed in front of him by oh when God. he was thirteen by this random like interloper in their house, like a, a like a crazed burglar type. And uh, later on in his life, uh, I think his I think his brother was like eaten by a shark during a scuba diving accident. Oh my God! Whoa. Like that grade of things. Like it was sur- it's surreal. 
it's not like regular tragedy. It's like yeah. lightning strike. It's like shark eating. Final accident. destination, Kelsey Grammer edition. Yeah. Like. yeah, yeah, and he's still a remarkable actor, and he has this. I mean, like he has two modes, sure, but like yeah. still kind of love him. You oh know, God, he's still good. Yeah. He's still become iconic. Yeah. In absolutely, that I, I I absolutely love the film Anastasia, and his work in that is oh wonderful. Oh my god! I was going to talk about Anastasia for this, but I didn't know whether uh, I could get that much out of it or whether <laughs> you'd want to. You're coming back, and we're doing it because because <laughs> uh, there are some bangers in that movie. Anastasia is <gasps> deadly. Oh, stop! Once upon a December, stop! Like stop. it's uh, it's it, that's Bluth, isn't it? Who? The, the non-Disney house. Oh, I thought it was Fox. Yeah. I thought it was Fox Animation. Is it? Well, yeah. we'll find it. We'll, that's for that episode. <laughs> that's for that return visit episode. Return. Anastasia is like, ah, look, come here. It's deadly. But yes, Kelsey Grammer is 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 it's iconic in his own way, yeah. even though Frasier wasn't likable. No. The character. No, not at all. He was an asshole. He sold Niles out to Daphne. It was him. Oh, oh was I did it. Him. Sorry. Sorry. It was an extremely well, passionate like moment. It was a benevolent thing. It was like, um, she's getting married and you need to man up and just no, man. been in love with her forever. He took too many fucking painkillers. And that what it was? there was this amazing, like, like the, they were really, really brilliant at first. Like, this is where we always thought we were talking about it being like theatre. Mm. That Daphne overheard Fraser while high because he did something to his back mm-hmm. talking about being someone being in love with Daphne Daphne registers it as Fraser being in love with her and it's like no 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 no. this is awful so there is some some awkwardness mm. and at one point he because she's a physio he right. asks her to give her him a massage oh, and he's super high and he <laughs> said and he tells her that Niles is in love with her uh, just before she gets married to Donnie which kicks off the whole yeah. uh, at the wedding on mm. the balcony Orangina fiasco Can that happens later about, all right I think you can call me Niles now. <laughs> oh. Fasten your seatbelt, Daphne. <laughs> like fasten your seatbelt, oh Niles. Oh my god! Woo! Like never over it. Never the, over it in my like, whole life. The small lines that David Hyde Pierce delivered as Niles, like obviously his like his like whippersnappers are brilliant, and he's like the, the best put downs on TV, like bar mm. none. Oh, he's but, like, awful. His, yeah, yeah. His small like emotional lines that like there's such kind of economy of words. Like there's another. I know you haven't seen the last episode, but basically the last words. That oh god, I'm gonna cry. The last words <laughs> that Niall says to Fraser, um, they shake hands and he says, I'll miss the coffees. And it's like, oh god. Oh god. And when yeah. I think about the finale of Friends when it was just all, them all fake crying and turning in their keys to the apartment, I'm like, no, that's how you do a parting shot. Like yeah, it's emotional economy. And oh, like Style. I, like style. Style. <laughs> style. Yeah. And Ugh. um I think as well what what we're kind of missing now with those long running um sitcoms is and it reminds me of actually something that Peter Bogdanovich once said in an interview about the studio system and about how the studio system was terrible and it basically kept actors as slaves for like for like 30 child, years. Mm. Child slaves child, often. Child, yeah. child yeah. slaves. Pilled um, over. But the one sort of artistic advantage of um, the studio system was that you could write with someone in mind and oh, so you could write for for, for Humphrey Bogart's mm. cadence or whatever. And I felt like that's what they were able to do with sitcoms. They could, they could write for that actor because they mm. knew them so intimately well. And that's why you could say, you could give David Hyde Pierce I'll Miss the Coffees and it becomes like this huge <laughs> moment. And huge like, moment. and I don't think, because sitcoms just die on their arses now, don't they? Like, I don't know what's happening mm. with that whole genre. The two-hander's gone. The set pieces yeah. are gone. I don't know what it is, but it's not. And the whole kind of thing of like, oh, you know, there's someone in the bathroom, but we're trying to get them out before anyone sees kind of thing. Theatrical work, basically. Yeah. Like plays. Mm. It's got, they, were, they were plays. Like all the stuff in the cabin, all of the cabin episodes yes. are un 
unbelievable exercises in in, in humour of space. Like, yes. it is so fucking stressful watching people run from room to room. Everyone's trying to do the bone dance. Only two people want to do it. And there's like eight people here. Oh and God. there is so much miscommunication and like nine doors and everyone's running around. It is, it's timeless. Because, I remember that ugh. episode for, for that kind of running around that great farce plotting but also because Kelsey Grammer is shirtless in a lot of it and I was Oh like, my god he's a large man weird. What is happening? <laughs> you never see Niall so shirtless though she says like retrospectively <laughs> having You do been. see the painting of him as Pam though That's pretty funny That's pretty funny <laughs> Way to, way to undermine my massive crush thanks, you know? But yeah he is compl- but he's also he's so neutered do you know? Whereas Fraser is presented as this hyper virile like fuckboy of Seattle. <laughs> you know, fuckboy crying over here. Premier fuckboy. <laughs> Fraser <Crane. laughs> oh my God. That is, that is literally him. Yeah. And he's hyper virile. And then Niles is presented as this sort of like Imp- like he he has this impotence to him nearly yes. and his kowtowing around Daphne for years and the mystery of Maris and he's like oh god love him like do you know god, what I mean you kind of feel from him a bit don't you and and I know David Pierce himself didn't come out until the early noughties no. but yeah. I think with so many things with with actors in Hollywood it's like it's, you know it's it's an it's an it's a known it's a known known kind of thing yeah. we don't talk about it or whatever but it does I mean I know I've said this already but it does very much feel like their relationship is very you know, queer icon and and lover kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he does treat her like this icon. Like the, every time he talks about her, it's just like, oh my god, goddess of the sea. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't talk about her. He's like, oh, Daphne's uh, a person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what is a body? <laughs> yeah. How does a body work? Like it's wonderful. What like is it's so innocent in that way, but like also totally not because he's like a lot of the physical humor in the early seasons is him just being like creeping craning his neck. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why? But why? Why doesn't it make me feel uncomfortable when I see him creeping on her? Is it because know. he's kind of neutered in the show? I also think mm. he's neutered in the show and also I think problematic faves. Every so often I'm like, everything is problematic. But I'm like, I don't fucking care. I love this shit. Because, <laughs> yeah, I love I it, because I love it so much that I don't feel threatened or hurt by it. Because I genuinely yes. take joy from it and I won't, like, I don't know what it is. I just, I, there are rare enough things in the world that wokeness and critical theory have not fucking destroyed for me. <laughs> and Fraser is one of them. And I'm sure someday someone is going to present me with it. Well, I have this theory or here's a fucking think piece and I and it will get distorted for me but it somehow remains pure even the weird awkward bits yeah they don't feel awkward they don't they're just know. kind of fucking funny like why is that like I don't know maybe I'm maybe I have to hand in my feminist card maybe we should like call the <laughs> feminist police and I'll get arrested now for, for still enjoying Niles and Daphne but I, I well, do this is like how I you know we were talking about how I religiously listened to Bradley Snellis's podcast there it's like go. oh god I don't know why I just <laughs> I hate you but I like your vibe yeah I like your I like your I like your I don't know, you'll write a think piece about it later. Like, I don't know, what is it? Like, there are some, I think we're, like, there's a lot of, I feel like we want not, like, this is why we can't have nice things. It's something I feel like people throw around a lot. Mm. But I think there is place, there's a place for nice things. Like, you can look at something and go, that is fucked. Kinda. Yeah. But that is great also. An an interesting trivia thing I read about Frasier it's more like a contextual thing but like so Frasier came out in 1993 I think was the mm. first episode uh-huh. the next year the term metrosexual was coined whoa do you remember that is it term that old yeah, yeah. do you remember metrosexual I thought it was a 2000s thing no it was no. really yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That's amazing. And I almost mm. feel like that kind of ushered that word into existence. Contrib- it's, it's a contributing yeah. factor for mm. sure. It was a massive success. Like that show was huge. Yeah, it's like people started like 
I feel like every couple of decades, people just pipe their heads up and go, men are looking after themselves too much. <laughs> like, <laughs> men are getting expensive haircuts yourselves. and I hate it. Are you wearing a ponytail on your head? Yeah. What is that? That inordinate hatred towards man buns is something that really worries me. I'm like, but it's just a bun. Yeah. Like, what is the there problem? was a thing going around of people like chopping off man buns or whatever. Oh my like, God. I would right? I would end somebody's life if they cut my hair off. That is You have very good hair, it must be said. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's fried. I got it done this week, but it's still fried. Thank you. Um but no, I would could you the violation that that is, like that's an assault on somebody's I can't cope with it it's awful but it's a, it's a fear of the feminization of men is what it yeah, is and it's been going well, on forever as well part of it there's a tweet by um, you know Siobhan Thompson she's no. an English comedian and she said I think it's cute how all the men decide every year to get every five years to get the same haircut for five years and it's because the man one is such a visible one like, but every man will get the same haircut and they'll have that haircut for the three years the day is happening right now yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and it's just it's just a super visible thing that everybody's doing, and I think it's more that than a feminization. It's just—it's almost like they're breaking it's everybody. Rank or something. That's yeah, what it is like, Ooh. and we 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 talk about so much about like what the patriarchy does for women, but it's that what the patriarchy does for men thing. Like the way their clothes are designed are almost military. Like this kind of idea Precision. that that's what we do. We you know the the way that collars are designed to like that you can't move your neck properly kind yeah. of thing. And and what the way, even and the fuck starching. is a necktie? Yeah, mm-hmm. like but every time men break rank with that kind of thing there's like the men are getting bad like women are <laughs> <laughs> like the girls like the girls like there's this um, my dad has this book of sort of like uh, celebrity journalism from th- from the uh, first half of the 20th century and there's this like Hedda Hopper column from like the early 20s where she's talking about Rudolph Valentino and like what a travesty it is that the men are being destroyed because they're all following this girly man's example kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, they're all like powder puffing now. They're all gelling their hair back. And it's like every couple of decades we're like, no, men, don't break rank. Don't break rank. <laughs> don't break rank. My husband and I got that up for a while and I was like, I, every so often I'm like, I fucking take responsibility for this. But yeah. like he got V-necks, like lovely deep V-necks and he's very tall and very slender. So the V-necks look deadly on him because he's tall and slender. I'm horny but, right now. Uh, he's a beautiful <laughs> man. Um, but they, they're fucking cool looking. The deck, the deck, yeah. Colotage is a fucking beautiful body part regardless of the mm. gender of the Everyone individual. Everyone loves a good exposed clavicle. Good, good, good <laughs> fucking clavicle situation, right? Mm. The abuse he got. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just slagging. Just like slagging. Mm. So, do you know? But just... I feel so bad for men, Alan. Can you not, not just stop slagging each other for wearing cool clothes, please? I wore, yeah. a v- I wore a V-neck t-shirt to the gym once and felt like a dope. You're not, the a You're not a dope. Clavicles. Yeah. They're dead. You have clavicles. You fucking do. Not really. We you do. do. They're there. We all do. It's <laughs> yeah. body parts. It's how your arms work. It's how your arms are connected to your body bone or whatever. It's all good. You know? Like, yeah. it's a... My, it's... my boyfriend there a while ago, he bought... um. He bought a cream blazer that oh. looked savage on him. He's like he's like quite a broad, tall guy, and it was like it just it's that kind of thing that I love about men, where like they're just a three percent more camp than they're allowed to be, and I find oh it god. so sexy. Oh my god, can we talk about that, please? Because yes. I am fucking upset. Like that, you have you have nailed something that I've been trying to talk about for so long. Like <laughs> the atmosphere in the room just went up a notch. By the way, whoa! So I went to see Cabaret in uh, oh, Broadway with Alan Cumming as the MC. And I'm sitting there going so jealous. I, I can't like. I is it is it incorrect that I am admiring you? Like, but he, he's bisexual as well. So mm. I was like, yeah, my fucking people. That whole show was about bisexuality. I feel like yeah. I learned more about my own orientation by being in that theater space and watching that piece of theater about ambiguous sexuality than I did from living in San Francisco for three years. And that's saying <laughs> something. But that slight queerness is remarkably it's the hot. Sexiest thing. What is that? It's why everyone fancies Scar and no one fancies Mufasa. Work. <laughs> oh my god. That's it. Scar with his eyeliner and his little like mincing little hips. 
I think I'm going to have to leave the room and recollect my thoughts because it's precise. <laughs> it's exact. And like, that's what it was with Niles. It was this ambiguous mm. queerness. Like, it's, it's, this, it's this liminal, like, yeah. orientation space that is gorgeous. I don't know what it is about it. Do you know any women who actually fancies, like, the army man? I feel like men fancy the army man. Yeah. I don't get it at all. However, um, Jamelia did, uh, did a music video when she was like doing like girl drag as an army man. That was the sexiest thing I've ever seen. Yes. But that's the most I've ever been into that look. <laughs> yeah. I think I feel like there's a Daniel, there's a, there's, a, there's a Daniel Craig spot in my heart at all times where it's like, I just want him to pick me up with his enormous shoulders and like throw me into some hay. Oh, being picked you know? up and thrown and to like a place. Stanley Lovely. Tucci yeah. Yeah, yeah. arms. Huh? Stanley Tucci. Yeah. Like yeah. big fucking arms. Like, Do you know what? Sorry. <laughs> Sitcom needs to come back and Stanley Tucci needs to be at the helm. He needs his own sitcom. He needs his own Frasier. Are you listening, Stanley? <laughs> Stanley. We call it the Tooch. It's us, it's us Stanley. <laughs> we'll watch it. We'll tweet about it. We promise. I would crowdfund the fuck out of it, Stanley Tooch. Oh my Tucci. God, kickstart me to the next country. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such, a, it's such an interesting um, kind of character and role. And I think it really... Uh, that's that. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. My head is still spinning. But also, also, like, um, if you think David Spade's character in Just Shoot Me is such a mm. weird thing, because he, um, the whole like crack with his his thing, his thing is he's a male secretary for a very overbearing, like almost Donald Trumpy magazine editor, and everyone's sort of like making fun of him because he's sort of like he's sort of effeminate, he's sort of blonde, and it's the most likable David Spade has ever been. And the rest of the time he spends like being a sort of Adam Sandler fuckboy. It's like, why yeah. couldn't you just have been the slightly put upon vulnerable young woman man? This, so fucking news radio, right? Dave yes. Foley plays this fucking 24 year old radio executive who moves into the second best, the second most listened to radio station in New York or whatever it is, right? And the cast, like his cast is glittering, like Phil Hartman was in it before he passed away. Andy mm. Dick, Joe Rogan, like began there, Moira Tierney. Like I absolutely love this show. And... I loved Dave Foley in it. Like, he is, to all intents and purposes, like, so, he's so feminine. Mm. Like, he's so feminine. And there was an episode, because there were, what what was wonderful about this kind of sitcom, and again, it's something that's dead now, is capsule episodes, where it's like, it's news radio, yes. but it's on the Titanic. Mm. It's news radio, but it's yes. space. And they had a Halloween episode where Dave Foley rocks up in immaculate drag. He is an incredibly beautiful woman. Like, I mean, you have, we, we've all got like, she says, assuming, we all have feelings about David Duchovny and Drag and, Twi- and Dragon Twin Peaks, extremely specifically. But, <laughs> but Dave Foley is beautiful as a, and it's part of the gag, but everyone also accepts that he's super beautiful as a woman mm. and that he's excellent in drag. Yes. Like, it, it's, it's a, he's, he's like, uh, Shantae used to stay forever, basically, you know. And well, I was about to bring up RuPaul, where it's the, I think people have very complicated feelings for the men on the show when when they're in their talking heads or they're not in drag kind of thing. Mm. Like I had so many like problematic crushes. <laughs> oh. Like or, oh god, I fancy you as a man, but also maybe as a woman also. That show is that show is an, is is a, is a dream. I love it. I and wish you like, were old beautiful. enough for us to do an episode in it. Yeah. <laughs> we're old enough for us to be nostalgic about season one. And we can talk well, about that. like Bob started drag because of RuPaul's Drag Race. So yeah, I mean that's he's within that's, the school. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. It's got its own over and its own movement. Like it's within itself. And that's why season nine is so interesting. Uh, she says immediately dating this podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh, that it, That's why it's so interesting because it's a uh, transcended form. It's mm. no longer reality TV. It's people going into reality TV to play for reality TV instead of people playing a competition yes. in reality TV. Do you know? Yes. So, uh, but yeah, that. Because um, it is Twitter's best friend race now. Oh, it yeah. is Twitter's best friend race. I am yeah. here. I am mm. here. Like, 
we actually shouldn't even talk about it because it's still happening. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like uh, we can't record anything until it uh, it all finishes <laughs> up. I'm, I'm still too too fried over it. Yeah, but, we need, we need to talk about the season afterwards because I've got some feelings. Oh look, I have a lot of I have a lot of I have a lot of crit- critiques, uh, but good good thoughts too. But I think the the thing about uh, men and fashion in sitcoms and things like that is because like they did define fashion for so long. The Jennifer Aniston haircut. Yes. You know, like so much crawled out of those sitcoms and into Irish culture. And even Chandler in his vest. And even Chandler <laughs> and saying things like, okay. Yeah. Who the fuck in Ireland talked like that before that? <laughs> Do you know, or hello. Irish people don't talk like that. No. That is literally, that is mm. a literally linguistic transplant that we assumed as young people. I didn't fucking watch Friends and I was saying it because everyone around me was saying it. And if mm. you didn't say it, you're speaking a different language to mm. everybody else. Do you know? Uh, and with Fraser and the metrosexual thing, they spend a lot of time talking about clothes. Like a Brett Easton Ellis, American Psycho grade time talking yes. about fucking lapels and shit. Like they are into their clothes. Yeah, and, mm. they, and they, I love that they share a personal shopper and oh they, they, um, the personal shopper has to keep lists of what they both um, wear so they don't have um, incidents. Incidents. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. And Martin's amazing flannels. And like mm. Daphne's floral dresses and her leggings and her scrunchies and shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I have been the foreign maid in wealthy households in America. Like I was not quite Daphne Moon, <laughs> but I was definitely like hilarious foreigner who cleans our house. Yeah. And I took it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. what got me through those situations and like, just be Daphne, man. Just be Daphne. Do like. you remember the, um, they did a costume episode. I think they they were always going to some kind of masquerade ball or whatever. So they had, there was a, like, lots of costumes that happened within Frasier. But um. They go to a literary costume party and Roz goes as O from... The story of O. Story of o. Oh! Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which again is so specific. It's so specific. And it doesn't land until years later and you're like... Yeah, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh. And Daphne... Isn't that the one where Daphne is booting it around in that big nighty like Kate Bush? Is she? Like, is that the one where she's like wearing the floaty white nightgown? I feel like that's an image that we branded in my mind if I'd seen it. So I haven't seen that. I feel like it's, it's, it's uh, what episode is it? No, I think it's one where, she, where she's staying in Niles's gigantic Mariscaf. Yes. It's one of the times where they nearly get together but they don't and she's wearing this fucking awesome fucking Heathcliff ass looking nighty. Yes. Do you know? I do. And now, it's, and there's like this thunder and lightning and like they're stranded. by the fire and they're like yes. having this deeply romantic tense conversation which goes nowhere. <laughs> Like, they, like the fact that they were able to keep that tension going for nine seasons. Was it nine? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's nine. Um, but like nine years of like a back and forth of will they, won't they? Like mm. this, this, this poor man is in love with this woman and will never be happy. Kind and he of is thing. trapped by this mystery beast that is yeah. a ghost and a woman and a ghost and a and like a millionaire and, and a waif and a and wraith. A wraith. Yeah. <laughs> he's married to a wraith yeah. and uh, he's Lilith. Lilith. Lilith is the counterpoint mm. to uh, Maris. Maris because Lilith is fucking amazing. And and when she, and whenever she is present, she's everything in the room. She sucks it all up. She's you know I always thought I wanted to grow up to be Daphne, and then I fucking saw Lilith and went, no, it's no. you, Lilith. it's you. I want that power. Do you remember? Um, in, did you ever watch Will and Grace? Yeah. Um, when <laughs> the actress who played Lilith was a character on the show, and Karen and Jack, whenever they saw her, they were like, "Oh, Lilith, you're so dry." And she's like, "Actually, my name is." <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's that's not who I am. And she had a a very specific kind of delivery. Like yeah. she just yeah. talked without any. It was brilliant. Hello, my name is Alison Spindle. I'm a podcaster, podcaster, yeah, that's the, okay, that's the one, we got it? <laughs> hi, wait there, hi, my name is, hi, 
Hello. I don't know why I'm sounding American. Hi, I'm Alison Spittle. This is my actual accent. I present the Alison Spittle Show. You can hear that every Wednesday on the... Every... Not every Wednesday. Don't don't be too keen. You can hear that every second Wednesday on the uh, Headstuff Podcast Network, which you can hear on headstuff.org. Thank you. On Will and Grace, I think that was like the last functioning sitcom, right? Yeah, I think. And Jesus, are they threatening? They threatening to bring that back, aren't they? They, they are, are bringing it like back. There's still two and a half men in Big Bang Theory, but they're like a whole. I don't observe other... the Big Bang Theory. Oh, I don't either. No, no. Although, <laughs> I don't believe in it. No, it doesn't. No, no. No. Although, like when it came out, I was really into it. Oh, really? I know that's the thing about about the way sitcoms reflect on the time in which they come out, and in mm. that mo- just like. In the mo- like, uh, Frasier comes out a year later. Metrosexual is coined, and then like Big Bang Theory came out, and then a year later, everyone's acknowledging nerds. like nerds mm. in a very public way, kind of thing. Mm. And I don't know what, what relative to the social network or whatever. It feels like they all came out around the same time, where everyone was finally acknowledging the lives and power of nerds. And if you always felt a little bit spazzy anyway, the Big Bang Theory felt like something happening in a mainstream space where you're like, oh, more spazzes, like, yeah, it me, <laughs> yeah, it me. And now, and then just like now, I just see like people fucking wearing Bazinga t-shirts and I want to die like, but there was a real like yeah. I remember like like chain watching the first eight episodes being like oh great a new sitcom for me mm. <laughs> like, it wasn't for me because it was just some blokes talking about physics like but do you yeah. know what I mean it's like the attitude and it's the same with Frasier like it's and you, what you is want it? to aspire to something else because you make a really good point there like it isn't it's because it's just some blokes talking about physics but Frasier is just some blokes talking about opera and yeah. what is it that makes Frasier feel more welcoming rather than alienating for yeah. a show about fucking shitty dudes. Because I was just thinking about Lilith there. Niall slept with Lilith. Do you remember that? No. no. Yeah. Did, didn't they, did they not have like an affair? I would so watch that though. They fucking... <laughs> yeah, would you? <laughs> totally. Like, what does it look like? like? Cracks fingers, <laughs> writes fan fiction. Um, never have in my life. I swear, I actually have it. I'd be like, that's one of those things where I say in a fake voice and it makes it sound like I have, but I actually haven't yeah. or I should have. That's very surprising. I feel like, I feel like you would be I, the demo. Yeah, I don't feel like I should. That's, that's a novel. Um, I feel <laughs> like I'm going to wonder kill it because I genuinely... Um, I genuinely think that there was an episode Niles and Lilith and I'm going to get fan fiction. Well, at some point um that and that is also the thing of the sitcom where it's like everyone has to fuck everybody eventually. Oh, yeah. you have to go through the Rubik. Does yeah. he sleep wrong? Like friends I think literally just had a little checkboxes. Yeah, an unexpected right. visit yeah. from oh, Lilith stirs all passions yeah. and Fraser and new ones in Niles. Sorry, I talked over you. What are you Sorry, saying? that was me doing it. Sorry. That yeah. was, it was a girl. I was like shocked. I was like I was right. Uh yeah, there is an episode, a room service cart that had two separate breakfasts on it mysteriously winds up set up for one as the episode ends and Lilith sits in the bathroom eating her breakfast. Uh Niles uh yeah, they do spend the night together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they did it. They did. The, they did the thing. Fuck Niles for doing that shit. Nice one, man. We did see him topless. That there we go. That's why I <laughs> remember it. Yeah, he's chilling in the bed. It was beautifully lithe. Oh, it was lithe. Yeah. It was like <laughs> like, like a heron clavicles for days, <laughs> <laughs> like a crane. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I talked over you guys. What were you saying? Can't remember now. No, it's gone. No, you just have an image. <laughs> yeah. The the episode was called uh, uh, Poached Eggs and Other Small Tragedies, I think it was called. Do I want to do that? Um, those bloody titles in Frasier uh, as well, which I never understood at the time. The like the, the There was like weird private jokes. There were like memes almost within the episode, like weird private jokes the show was having with itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no jokes. reason for them to be there, like dividing the acts. And it was always like act one, act two. It was literally they were playing into that theatre thing. Mm. But to your point earlier on, there were so many things about Frasier that should have been alienating, but weren't. weren't. And I also think that about, um, I really love Silicon Valley. Um, Yo, yeah. it's great it. and it doesn't go far enough. 
Like, like I was there, man. I was at those those weird parties where everywhere Kid Rock is playing and everyone's looking at their phone. That level of shit. I've yeah. literally been at those parties and they don't go far enough. It's too precisely real. Like the I, first the first I series it. was uncomfortable. Me and my it's, husband it's were there a, going. It's such a good show, though. And oh and yeah, the, the, the level they go into, like they're like, oh, I'm going to explain my compression algorithm for ten minutes of screen time and be completely charming throughout. The polyamory yeah. arc had me screaming because. At least the rule is at least every ten minutes in San Francisco, someone's going to try and convince you to be polyamorous and explain what compersion is to you. What's and when compersion? it's the opposite of jealousy, it's where you feel happiness from seeing your partner experience pleasure with someone else. And there was a scene in Silicon Valley where that is explained, and me and Carrie were like, "Oh my god! <gasps> oh my god! It's happening again!" Uh, but I do. I think there's there's a utopian look at it. You know, I think. Yes. Uh, but seeing that played back in Silicon Valley spoke to how precisely it was reflecting that area of the world mm. at that time where there's this um, uh, performance and efficiency thing and your polyamory is more efficient because you get to have more fun with more people right of course and that's the attitude that appears yeah. now I'm not casting any judgment this is my disclaimer text no judgment Walk, honestly I'm really happy that people are doing whatever they want like I really mm. think it's interesting I feel comfortable to talk about it and publish things about it and and you know and yeah. be open about it I'm, yeah. d- I'm delighted that openness. people are that we are deconstructing the patriarchy because that's what polyamory is part of you know I mean it's it's deconstructing monogamy as part of deconstructing the patriarchy mm-hmm. awesome maybe not for me but totally cool if people are doing it mm. uh, and I, I genuinely mean that however uh, that that moment where it's talked about in Silicon Valley was such an it's it's a perfect snapshot of, of the culture. Mm. Uh, and that, for me, was when it really started ringing true. Like, the way people interact with one another and this hacking the system and hacking relationships and hacking... Uh, uh, what, what's it? Disrupting. Yeah. Oh, that's things. the word, isn't it? Yeah. So that's part of how the, the worldview from Silicon Valley is a disruption worldview, which is amazing. Like, it's uh, absolutely not up my street now at all. But, uh, <laughs> I'm grand. I'm a bit shy for that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. Could we but. count, like, I suppose, you know, we are talking about 90 sitcoms or whatever, but, like, could we count Silicon Valley as being a sitcom? Like, what counts as a sitcom now? Does it have to have a laugh track? Does Did Frasier have a laugh track? No, no it was a live studio audience. Oh, audience. my God, yeah. it's live. Could you imagine having been in that audience? Mm. With that dialogue as well, like doing delivering that dialogue, which is like full of fucking weird ass Italian references or whatever in front who of a live in that audience. audience? Yeah. Who was there? Who was their warm up comic? You know, like who but, was like, there? Jane Ann Garofalo or something. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> who was there? You know, like that mm. would have been that. That's the great mysteries, man. You know, because it is before our time. We were kids when it came. That's mm. true. Yeah. But it never feels that way. It's the kind of unique thing about being Irish is that you do tend to get things a couple of years later or you definitely mm-hmm. did in the 90s. So things hit you later. Yeah. You know? Your context your context is really strange, I think, for it. And which is why things like Silicon Valley uh, are brilliant because it's very current. Yeah. And there's such pleasure to be taken in current. Even the credits in Silicon Valley were like in season one, there was like a big Uber balloon. And now in season four, the lift balloon is the same size as the Uber balloon <laughs> and stuff like that. That's yeah. so clever. Yeah. So that, cur- that currentness is also mm. very, very powerful. So I can only mm. imagine what it would have been like living in Seattle and watching Frasier at that time. Mm. You know, like that's a different, that's a different. That's a whole different story. Consumer experience. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's, um, that is sort of the two touchstones people think about with Seattle is Nirvana and Frasier. Right. Yeah. And they're such warring concepts. Oh my God, they're so different. <laughs> like Shauna Scott is from Seattle. Yeah. So yeah. I am every so often like, oh my God, you're from where Frasier's from. <laughs> ah, like no one cares about that but me. Ah, you know, 
It's a uh, if I went if if I did end up my husband went up um Kerry went up for work once and I was like go and find Fraser and he's like it's go not really like I don't fucking care. <laughs> Tell me you found him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a story <laughs> about Lilith and Niles. <laughs> That's it. But uh, I did see um a, a cute little trivia piece where it's like they they rented that Eames chair. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they couldn't afford an Eames chair when they were setting it up. <laughs> Even with the amount of money that they were throwing at sitcoms in the 90s. It's and you'd wonder what the returns on that was. Yeah. But, um, broadcasting but was different back then. It was, broadcasting was so different back then it as really well. It really was. Like, like ads, having a slot mattered in such a huge way that will never matter again. I you know. know. That's a really good point that your yeah. airtime doesn't matter. Absolutely. Because it's all rewatches and streaming services. Yeah. and Like... um. Uh, Maeve Higgins Fancy Vittles kind of thing <gasps> yeah. I wouldn't have fancy a fucking clue like, Fancy Vittles was amazing It was unreal <laughs> Oh but my I, god I discovered in the last like two years I don't know when it aired like, Oh it was on knows? like 10 past 11 at night on a Tuesday like, yeah. They didn't even air it with the comedy block on, our, on Network 2 which was the like 7 to 10 Monday nights It was another its own other thing and Supi Normal as well probably the funniest yeah. thing RT has ever made And it got shushed off It was off was yeah in the middle of the night somewhere yeah. What's that about like they just don't... It's something about not having the courage of your own convictions. It's yeah. Like, we'll give you the money to make it, but we're not going to show anyone. No, like, this is... You're my weird friend This is from weird. Home. We're not going to show the weird thing. Yeah. Like, it's a... You're my estate friend, not my school friend. <laughs> oh, yikes. Yeah, but we only talk to each other when we're on holidays and in a year. Like, do you know what I mean? We only talk to each other. That's how we're to eat Higgins and I hope they... Fucking it turns to ashes in their mouth because she's doing she's so well. She's killing it. Mm. And I she's love, killing she's it sound every damn day She's gas. Her writing is amazing. Like... Hands up, man. Fucking Hands up. Um, <laughs> but Fancy Vittles is very, very, very funny. It was yeah. lovely. It was just a lovely, cozy, funny, mm. nice oh, thing. So warm. So warm. Yeah. And that, that fucking fourth wall thing. You know, it's a, a unique And just her and her sister thing. just like putting, putting cocktail sticks into sausages. Like, it's just yeah. the most soothing thing ever. It's like ASMR. <laughs> but that, but like, to me, that's how I feel about like sitcoms in general. It's like that, it's that soothing, like, I know the colour scheme. I you know, know the texture. The, yeah. yeah. Oh, and it's familiar and it's good. And like, I was actually just thinking about the Eames chair there and the chairs in Brazier, like the Eames chair and Martin's chair. And weirdly enough, listeners who obviously don't know what the inside of the Juvenilia um, studios look like, but the curtains here are yellow and not unlike the fabric on Martin's chair. Yes. Mm. So when I was living in San Francisco, we lived near a th- big fuck off thrift shop, like massive charity shop. Like I was uh, getting my life. But <laughs> on the, one of my days in which I was getting my life, uh, I found this chair which was a Martin chair. It wasn't a Lazy Boy. It was like a round bucket chair with that weird yellow carpety mm. Martin fabric yeah. on it mm-hmm. and like a matching footstool, not unlike an Eames situation. And I was like, I have found the perfect hybrid of the Eames chair and the Martin chair. And it was $70 and it lived in our apartment in San Francisco <gasps> for three years and we weren't able to move it home. And I absolutely think about it every day. It was like the great hybrid Fraser set chair. And whenever anyone came into the apartment, it's very like I'm like I know what you're gonna say. I know what you're gonna I say. Know you're my people because you know where that chair's from. That's yeah. why you got this far because yeah. <laughs> you saw the chair and went, "It's not like a Fraser." Yes, it's like a Fraser chair. <laughs> so uh, look, I mean, it's amazing how I also look, something I love about doing you and You never fucking get to talk about this shit. Like no. I love Fraser. I never get to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we have designated this period of time to just talk about this and no one's going to wander and talk about something else that's like, no one's going to talk about fucking UFC here. Like, we're uh, just going to yeah. talk about Frasier. We will never talk about UFC here. I'm going to make that <laughs> guarantee now. Did you hear that? Even, you if hear that? even if it's 10 years from now and someone is the champ, the president because Conor McGregor <laughs> inspired them, they will not be talking about UFC. What's the scandal Conor McGregor? I'm staying with my brother in Dublin at the moment and, you know, he just loves him. And I don't even... 
I don't even understand what's happened. Like, he's a, gonna... I would say he's me- he's a, like a modern metrosexual, you know, in his in his oh, hyper masculinity. Yeah. He has a tattoo of a tiger on his belly. <laughs> I would love to do that. Are we are we pro him then? I don't know. I'm no. <laughs> he's he's, he's really sexist. Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like really a Kardashian sexist. neutrality, and we're like that's weird that that's happening. Yeah, but like he hates women. Of course he does hate women. You know what I mean? Of course he does. Yeah. I mean he beats people up for a living. Yeah, they don't typically love women unless they're rocky. Oh, Adrian. Um, Rocky was my other consideration for subject I was going to speak about in the show. Should I? You're going to be coming back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no. That's yeah. it now. That's you're it now. like honorary One family member us. now. Yeah. Oh, One of us yeah. moved to Ireland and become like the fourth co-host, <laughs> <laughs> so we can do like a roundtable every time. Yeah. If only we could just set up a panel show every week, like with all of the people who are amazing on it and we could just have this massive long table like the last supper of fucking nostalgia <laughs> it's like do you know I mean if I can just spend a couple of minutes fangirling with the shit out of you um, <laughs> I like and I've told you this before definitely but like I was I've been living in London for the last six years and mm. I was definitely I don't really have very many Irish friends I have one that I went to like I lived with when I was in college or whatever and we see each other fairly frequently but apart from that there's nothing and I don't really keep up with Irish stuff generally until I was just I was going through this period where I felt really homesick and really unmoored and like mm. I had a lot of friends who had been friends for a long time in England yeah. kind of thing mm. and I'm sure you know that feeling you yes. know what I mean where you're just kind of the interloper or you're the blow in or the Daphne Moon oh the Daphne Moon exactly oh my god exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like I was just getting really homesick and for some reason I just came across you I think they followed Alan on Twitter already and I just came across Juvenalia and it was I just listened to every single episode and like hearing people talk about like the den and like really specific things and like just going on a mass like follow fest for everyone you interview and everyone you talk about and like my experience of both as an Irish person and as a person on the internet has improved magnanimously oh. <laughs> since then. Like, I just feel like, oh, there's cool shit happening in Dublin right now and, like, I would be a fool not to get involved. Do you oh, know what I mean? That and is it so just, good. Thank you. That is magic. Yeah. Feels like this, like, I feel like a new home has been slowly forming out of, like, things I'm interested in, out of, like, debris and, like, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and now it's just there for me. It's the Muppet theory, man. It's Muppets tonight. It's where else in the world with a bear, a pig, a frog, a... King Prawn, oh. whatever the fuck Gonzo is, like, where else would they all get together other than making something? Like, where else that's, would all of these people find each other other than in a place where we can build something? That's and beautiful. Do you, do you just go up with that? No, I think about that all the time. Like, do you know, I think about it all the time. Yeah. RE Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's go. <laughs> um, is, I think there are essentially two different kinds of people in the world there are Muppets and there are actors in the Muppet films. Whoa. Yeah. The person, the people who are like controlling the plot and being like, here's what we're doing now. And the people who are like, ah! ah!" Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can have elements of both, but you're generally, you can't be a Gryffindor and a Ravenclaw. You're a Muppet or you're an actor in a Muppet movie. Mm. That's it. Um, I'll, I'll leave it to you guys to decide who you are, but I think we all know. But I think we yeah. all know. And that's what, that's what I feel for me, what you've has done for me. And what, like, I mean, we, we kind of joke a lot about like Irish Twitter and nice Twitter and all that bullshit. But like doing this, building this with Alan and Ellen, like has been remarkable in that my job is extremely solitary. Like, and I use the internet, but I do largely spend a lot of time hanging around with blank paper and Mm. waiting for emails. Like, that's kind of my gig. Same. Same, you know? (laughs) And doing this has been, uh, oh, it's just been fucking unbelievable. Like, it gives Mm. something to look forward to. Kind of what my thinking was when I came up with the idea for it was that it feels like we're just on the brink of a load of people of a similar cohort about to explode, like Mm. you and Ellen. And Caroline and Deirdre and Sinead Burke and Jean Sun and, and you, Ellen. all these and people. You, yeah, and I just want to kind of get all of them on tape just <gasps> before 
because every, everybody, I feel like every single Germany guest is going to be huge in some way or another. Yeah. That's how I feel about all of them. Yeah. So I think it's a little snapshot of a time. Ireland just before this new thing is about to happen. That's how I feel about it. That's so sweet. That's oh my like. God. Her, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's wonderful. Nice. Like, it does. <laughs> we have, we have, I don't think we've ever actually had an in our feelings type episode, but here we are. Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. It feels like um, belonging to something. Mm. And that is uh, an incredibly rare feeling when you're a person who makes things up for a living. Um, or to be honest, anyone who feels like a weirdo or an outsider or someone who spent a lot of time in school just at yeah. home and, mm-hmm. you know, people who are com- who loved Fraser and people who were like really into fucking weird farming simulators or fucking <laughs> like that. Because I think for, for so many people, um, cultural memories are stronger than their own actual memories. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, or, or sometimes... You remember like that that time Niles and and Lilith got together because whatever what was happening with you that year, you you didn't want to commit a lot of memory. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that was my Arrested Development period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched Arrested Development when I was nineteen, oh, and yeah. uh, it was an interesting uh, a year that every time I describe it, it feels weirder and weirder. Uh, the I know that feeling. Year my I had a four year relationship it was great during my teens, but uh, because we were teenagers, he he, he met somebody else, which is normal. Right. But her father was found dead in the bottom of a lake the weekend that he and I broke up, which also happened to be Valentine's weekend. And that year, several people around me passed away quite quickly, oh, young people. Sorry. And ah, look, we're all adults now. Yeah. But it was very strange. So I just decided to start watching Arrested Development. Mm. Now I can't find it funny, but I also know everything about it. Mm. You know, so you find yourself emo- yeah. trans- transported to these places that are somewhere. It's it's escapists, yeah. is what it is. It's it's cultural escapism. So your that's memories, of, and that's and that's where what Frasier is for me as well is that it's mm. this huge alternate landscape that you can you can sit in and understand the nuance nuances of. And maybe this is why it doesn't feel like a problematic faith. You know, because it <laughs> means something. And when meaning starts going beyond analysis, yes, maybe that's. Fraser would love this conversation, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever wonder how you how you grew yeah. up the way you were? I'm like, yeah, obviously I was going to fucking turn out like this, you know, like it. Yeah, it becomes a, it's a it's a transportation thing, or you know what I mean. You become uh, yeah. just moved somewhere else. The way you feel about Arrested Development is exactly how I feel about Parks and Rec. I can I can I don't watch that show ever now because um, a couple of years ago I went through a, a massive breakup mm. and. It was massive emotionally, but it was also massive financially in that we lived together and um, I, he was earning a lot more money than me and we, uh, and like we broke our lease. So we had to pay a fine or whatever, essentially. And I had to borrow money off my boss to pay this fine. And I just like had, I went from living with this guy who I thought was, I was going to marry someday to being in a five person house share in London and having no money. Whoa. And I was just watching Parks and Rec, just chaining it, literally. I remember being in that flat after he had moved out and I was still there and all the furniture had gone and I was just on this bare mattress watching Parks and Rec. And I was watching, like a change of like three seasons in like a weekend or whatever. And I called my friend and I was like out of nowhere being like, I thought we were... I thought we were Amy Poehler and Ben's... I thought we, we thought we were Leslie and Ben, but we weren't. We were Chris and Anne. Oh, my and God. I was like... Oh, we were oh, we were Chris and Anne. We were Chris never going to work out yeah. because Chris and Anne don't work out. Yeah. And now whenever I think of that show, I just think of like a blurry, hazy, melancholic time mm. peppered by laughter. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it. It's it becomes it's 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 not it's not what it's intended for. It becomes something else because of how you are when you receive it. 
I wonder what it feel like to be on one of those shows oh. and to like to be walking around as Kelsey Grammer and to have people come up to you and be like, you know, I had three miscarriages while your show was on and you were the only thing mm. that like <clears throat> took me out of the blackness. Like, well, actually, I, I went to see at Sketchfest a few years ago. I went to see a news radio roundtable. Right. Yes. So it was Andy Dick. I also went to see a Bored to Death one, which was fucking amazing. I love Bored to Death. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it was amazing. I was getting my. I was just like. Ted Danson like putting my eyeballs onto Jason Schwartzman it was a beautiful time for all of us (laughs) Um, I had my fun Uh, but at the news radio one which was fucking jammed during the questions and answers section like it's an getting the cast of news radio back together is very odd because obviously Phil Hartman passed away during Mm. like tragically during the um the, the, the shooting of it, you know. So getting that whole st- that cast back together is is an interesting and complicated place because there's, yeah. there's there's certain things they can't really talk about, you know. Mm. And it's generally minus Joe Rogan as well. So, uh, but the audience is full of people telling them the telling the actors what they meant. That's my nightmare. That is, I would never tell anybody. I would never say that to any of the actors ever. Like I, I, co- I couldn't. Yeah. And I think it's incredibly bold and brave and it must be cathartic for the people who do stop Kelsey Grammer and say, hey, yeah. you, you got me through this time. I couldn't. I, I like, but we've all been at those, um, for, whether it's for, at an author thing or at a film thing or whatever, where there's a Q&A and somebody stands up and asks that, basically does a long, long statement that's not a question mm. and it's, you're, so, you're like dying in your seat because, oh, yeah. oh my God, like this person, what, what's wrong with them or whatever. And you kind of realise when you go to enough of them that it's not about what they're saying, they just want to be seen by the person that means that much to them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it's it, because it's a easier way to say like you saved my life. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but I I that that kind of shatters the fourth wall. Like for example, if they were to do a Fraser roundtable or a Fraser panel, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't know. I really? I like like this is what I'm saying about not, not having seen the end of it. Yeah, it exists in a in a place, a beautiful, timeless, static. Well furnished, well dressed, <laughs> rented Eames chair, rented Eames yeah. fucking chair. David Hyde Pierce in his twenties, like that kind. Of, it, how young he was? It, oh, he was like late twenties. He was like thirty or something. He was like my age. I am old. You know what I mean? You were Niles Crane's age. Oh my god, Niles Crane's. <laughs> the surprise plot twist, Maris. That's it. That's who you grew up into. But I, yeah. So you're like, because he, yeah, he's very just a brother. So he was a good younger. Um, it exists there. And that's why, for me, it's it's void of cultural criticism. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Like it's not real. It's it's a it's a it's something else. I don't know. So, do you have, yeah. any, do you have any final thoughts? we <laughs> have gone deep with this. Sorry, Alan. <laughs> yeah. oh. I've I've enjoyed the hell out of it. So everybody else as well. I didn't talk much because I just enjoy listening to Aww. people talk. I know. I feel really bad. If I've talked over you this entire time. No, not at all. It shows about. You. You and what you think about the thing you picked. That's what the show was about. (laughs) (laughs) And apparently me and Caroline's burgeoning teamwork. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, Alan made it, was doing a Twitter roast recently and made this excellent point. He's like, Sarah, did you ever ever overthink anything extremely? (laughs) You know, and I was like, yeah. (laughs) That's what this was. So sorry. uh, I enjoyed it immensely. It's lived up to my every dream. Yay. Come back again. Yeah, definitely. So. Do you have any closing thoughts? I feel like I want a closing monologue for me because I haven't heard yeah. much from you. A closing monologue. Um, Maybe I hear the blue the calling. Quite stylish. Listen to there. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Carolina Donahue. Thank you. Thank Hi you, Sarah Marie Griffin. Thanks, Carolina and Alan. Cheers. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 
There's so many songs about rainbows And what's on the other side Rainbows are visions But only illusions And rainbows have nothing to hide So there we go um, Sarah's still here Hi Caroline's still here Yes I'm reading Rancheros and opening and a opening. large bottle of wine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, our producer Brian is still here. Oh, hang on. Was that not Prosecco? Is that still? It says Prosecco. Fucking. Oh, I can see bubbles. I'm happy now. It's right. yeah. for a minute there. So we're we're here to say thank you to some people. Um, thank you to Team McDonald for the artwork. Thank as you, always, D, you're amazing. We would like you to su- to subscribe to. to yeah, we would we really even, like you to subscribe. We haven't even drank yet. Yeah, we're starting yeah. to drink and we would really like you to subscribe to Juvenalia. It makes yeah. a big difference. It makes us more visible in the charts and it gets more nerds out of the woodwork to listen to things that maybe they like as much as we like. Them. Yeah, and thanks to Head Stuff yeah. for hosting us and thanks to Brian for producing us and making really nice coffee for us and just being a very nice Putting man. a velvet cloth over the table so that I don't destroy it yeah, with my fists of rage. We're going to use that to play poker now. So. Yeah, that's what yeah. we're doing. We're drinking and yeah. playing poker and eating biscuits. So, thank okay. you and goodbye, everybody. Oh, wait, no, wait. There's one more thing. The Heads of Podcast Network. You got it. Uh, it's on YouTube. And I, Brian's nodding at me to tell me to do more things. Uh, that, that's Follow that on uh, Twitter and YouTube. So all the it's other at Heads of Network, isn't it? Type oh. it into the search bar, you'll find Type it. Type Heads of Podcast Network and all the episodes of Juvenalia are on YouTube now. So Oh my god, are we? Yeah, like not not now now, but, but like, like will be. Like, yeah, they will be. That's yeah. amazing. There's yeah. a lot of other really great podcasts on the Headstuff Network That's and true. you should listen to them and uh if you haven't heard it before, you should listen to Alison Spittle's Chat Rooms podcast, which is a gem for the soul of the heart. <laughs> One that we've been bonding over here is the the, the fa- fan favourite Alison Spittle episode of Juvenilia. She has a show on the Headstuff Network and is great also. You should yeah. tune into her. Okay, uh, that's that's probably everything. We'll we'll leave you go. Bye, everybody. Godspeed. Bye.